Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, we head down to Tempe, to 8th Street, Four Peaks Brewery. Head down to Four Peaks to hang out with some of the fine folks at Four Peaks. Met Andy, the founder, uh, during Beer Week. They had an off-flavor tasting course that they were um, that they were operating. And um, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean. There's an off-flavor tasting course at the Wilson Tap Room for Four Peaks. So talked to Andy and said, dude, want to get you on the podcast. And he said, dude, totally. Probably not the same words that he used, but pretty much, actually. He might have actually said that. But uh, wanted to get him on the show. Four Peaks is... People have opinions, uh, so many different opinions about about Four Peaks, and uh, so just wanted to sit down, share a beer with these guys, and, and hang out and talk to them. So let's tap into Four Peaks Brewery. All right, so we are here. Uh, we're on Eighth Street. We're at 8th Street in this big, beautiful building. Oh, this, I've never been back this far, I don't think. No. Nope. Uh, legally. Like, I think I've come back. <laughs> I think I've stumbled back here a few times. But uh, we're at Four Peaks. Man, I am, I'm excited for this. So, uh, everybody, there's we've got five other people at the table here. Um, you guys want to introduce yourselves, starting with this gentleman here? Sure, yeah. I'm Andy Ingram, uh, founder of Four Peaks Spring Company. Excellent. Andy. Well, I'm Teddy Colden, um, known as the Beer Traffic Controller. And since I kind of said Colden, my last name is Golden. So <laughs> Teddy Golden, Four Peaks Spring. Okay, excellent, excellent. Should right. these things drunk. <laughs> we just started, man. We got a long way to go. <laughs> I am uh, Melissa Osborne, Innovation Brewer here at Four Peaks Brewing Company. And recent um, total wine model, right? Whole Foods. <laughs> Whole Foods, finally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so glad that's not me anymore. <laughs> Sales <laughs> just went way up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got rid of some gray old bearded dude. <laughs> yeah. Middle-aged woman. <laughs> to step up, I would to say. Step. So, yes. And I'm Jim Roper, uh, Director of Ops at uh, Four Peaks. Excellent, guys. Thanks so much for, for joining. It's a pleasure. Thank you. This is awesome. Uh, so, well, let's let's start at the beginning. Like, the why did you what did you guys decide to take on this um, easy and straight path <laughs> <laughs> it's like the pain you forget right yeah. <laughs> um, God yeah 22 years ago we walked into this building and couldn't believe it it did look nothing like this actually um, we had a drop ceiling in here none of the exposed brick or anything um, and realized that yeah this place has to be a brewery it was, it was that easy um and then it's, you know, fast forward to today, 20 years, yeah. <laughs> three years, I guess. Yeah. That's it. That's in the story. Yeah. I'm going to hit stop on this record button. It was two minutes long. Nice job. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but what made you decide to open up a brewery to begin with? Like, so were you a home brewer? No, I, I started home brewing. Um, actually, my my good friend's dad home brewed, and it was awful. Just gross. <laughs> um, so Do we decided. act like they like it, though? Yeah, you kind of had to. Yeah, sure. I, but we were 18. I, I would drink turpentine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we sort of liberated his brewing system from him um, and started making good beer on it. Um, just periodic stuff, nothing serious. Um, got to be more fun than anything. Ended up joining um, the Homebrew Club. Uh, Homebrewers Anonymous at the time. I don't think Ash didn't exist then. Um, Is that the name of the official name of the club? Homebrewers Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they've been absorbed by Ash yeah. now. I, I'm not sure. Um, 
But it's fun. Yeah, it was a fun thing. I was getting ready to go to, off to grad school, and um, the head brewer at a place called Coyote Springs, which is now defunct. It was on 20th Street in Camelback. Yeah. Great place. Um, wish it was still there. Uh, he was a, a, a letter carrier. He was a mailman uh, and asked me if I could come down and help you know, scrub floors and clean tanks. And I was like, yeah, I could yeah. use some extra cash before I go away. Um, went down there, and I was there for like three weeks, and he gives me a call, and he's like, yeah, my route got changed. I need you to brew today. I'm like, what? <laughs> and you never... No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, just walk me through it. Yeah. Yeah. So ended up doing that, and batch turned out pretty good. Not my best effort, yeah. but I, I've, <laughs> I've made worse probably since then. Um, and then I kind of realized that this is awesome. People are paying me to make beer. Yeah. So broke the news to my parents that I wasn't going to grad school and, and decided to, to jump in full time at, at Coyote Springs. How did they feel about that? Uh, I think they're both expecting me to go back to grad school yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still? No. Oh, still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they're they're excited about it, yeah. for sure. Um, and then over the course of a couple of years at Coyote Springs, there's a group of guys that would always come in and kind of pick our brains about um, about brewing, mostly equipment and, and the brewing at the supply side of it. Yeah. Um, of course, they were trying to start their own brewery and they really knew nothing about brewing, but they had the business plan down. Did you know that? Did you, did you think we they were figured coming it out pretty in? quick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, so I uh, got to be better friends with them, and they finally realized that they didn't have any money and we didn't yeah. have any money, so why not team up and have no money together and, yeah. and try to do this <laughs> yeah. our way? Um, and that's how Four Peaks formed. Yeah. Wow, no money. Small Nothing. bunch of people having no money. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Big ideas and small pockets. Yeah, great. Great. Because okay. you don't really need a lot of money to start oh, a brewery. No, it's right? not like a capital-intensive business yeah. at all. And, <laughs> yeah. and but then once you get gro- you're rolling in money at that exactly. point, right? Yeah. Because I yeah. saw last time, I, I guess last time I was here back here, there was just a pile of coins. Like, uh, yeah. like was it Scrooge McDuck had those? Yeah. There's yeah. A, <laughs> there's a tree out back that yeah. grows hundred dollar bills. Yeah. Exactly. I thought so. I knew that's where those were yeah. blowing from. I saw them all over the streets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just throw the change away. No one, exactly. no one needs that. Oh, yeah. That's that's for, yeah. Uh, so th- so this building, dude, this building, this has some history to it. Yeah. it's yeah. As far as we can tell, it's about 120 years old now. Um, the main bar section we figured out was about 18... 1890, 1894. Wow. Uh, the studio, the section where you enter now through where yeah. all the merch is, that used to be the old office building. If you look in there in the corner, there's a, you've seen it, the old uh, the old uh, vault door. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was actually the only place in town that had a vault. So it also acted as the kind of Tempe's first bank. Yeah. Um, but it was a huge uh, employer in town. Um, all the fields around, especially to the south, were all, were all cows. Um, it was a dairy. It was a creamery is what they called it. So okay. they, they didn't do just milk. They did ice cream, cheese, ice. Dude, that would have been my place. I would have lived there. It's cottage cheese, right? Not, yeah. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a big fan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, any kind. Yeah. <laughs> my five-year-old's the same way. She's like, Dad, can I try that cheese? I'm like, that's like Gorgonzola. She's like, I don't care. Yeah. Bring she it. eats it. She's like, I'm in. I'm like, okay. Uh, so, uh, so, so beside this, though, you said that was the office, um, but then it turned into a studio, right? It turned into yeah, a music studio. Um, I know we're, I'm jumping forward. No, a bit, no. But. Prior to us coming in here, when we found the building, we knew it was a studio, but we didn't know who was in there. And then we signed the lease, and one day the doors were open, and hearing all these songs that were kind of familiar, and it was the Gin Blossoms. Yeah, it was their it was their recording studio. 
Um, got to be really good friends with those guys over the years. And um, when they finally moved out, they had some particular ideas about what could stay and couldn't stay in the <laughs> yeah. in the uh, in the studio over there. Um, and I think I've shown you that that back room where it was a bathroom, but yeah. all of the artists that had come through and recorded in there had signed the walls in there, and they're like, "You absolutely can't touch that." And we're like, "Why on earth would we touch that? Yeah. That's awesome." So yeah. I, some recent history on that building. Yeah, and that's cool. Now that that's that's uh, your guys' spot. You, the, the bar in there is really cool. Yeah. The merch area. Yeah. I remember the merch area being like right, kind of behind me on the other side of this wall. You walk out of the bathroom, there was like six shirts and yeah, like a crowd. Yeah. yeah, we we were really good at merch <laughs> for a long time. You know what though, man? People bought it. People, they did. Yeah. Every they time did. my dad came out, he's like, "Dude, I got to get a new four peak shirt." So, <laughs> well, that's uh, cool. yeah. So all right. So let's go back a little bit. So right. the you guys found this building and you knew immediately like this. Yeah, why, we stopped though? looking. Like why? Like it just—it it looked like a cathedral. You know, yeah. it has that high, clear story and, yep. and just all the red brick. And you don't find buildings like this in no. the valley. No, like Chicago. I mean, if it's here for longer than fifty years, it gets torn down, right? So, no, we just—we knew at that point. We didn't really know what we were getting into. Okay, it's kind of a nightmare to get the whole thing brought up to code. That took another eighteen months. I was in here once. Um, we did a lot of the renovation ourselves, a lot of the demo, and I was in here working. And a bunch of firemen come in, and I'm like, cool, hey, guys, you know, not open. And he's like, yeah, I just want to let you know that if the place catches on fire, we're going to let it burn. <laughs> uh, I'm like, um, what? And they're like, yeah, you, there's no sprinklers, there's no nothing. Um, they're talking about the walls, there's no reinforcements. Like that. And they're like, yeah, we have a do not enter on this building. Just heads up, what do yeah. you know, have a nice day. Sam. So that was one of the first... <laughs> epic projects we had to do is to sprinkle this whole building. Oh, no shit. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah. 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 So, so now they'll come in, though. They'll come like, in now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. They'll be the first ones here, in fact. Yeah. They're yeah. probably already here. Yeah, they They're probably, probably are. Here. Yeah. yeah. The, the coffee guy next door, um, Infusion Coffee, too, they had a fire in his... Uh, it's a funny story. He had a fire in one of his roasters, and smoke was coming out of the building so I kind of walk over there I walk in and he's running over with like two little tasso teacups and like pours water on <laughs> I'm like what are you called the 911 <laughs> he didn't get done pressing the one and there was firemen here there's oh, all really? helicopters and everything I'm like cool that's good to know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why, why was he not wanting to cause a fuss like wanting to <laughs> I, he, he caused a fire what fuss right <laughs> Hey, guys, sorry, um, I started yeah. a fire. I need you guys yeah. to put out for me real quick. <laughs> it went from letting it burn to 17 fire engines yeah. and a helicopter. And a helicopter. <laughs> a helicopter. That's, so I thought that well, was an exaggeration. That well, was, yeah, they thought it was the brewery, not the coffee yeah. shop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, sorry, Patrick. Damn, it was Love just the coffee. coffee. Yeah, no, I heard they do some pretty incredible stuff awesome over stuff. there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Patrick's um, They changed genius. it a little bit, right? Like, it, it used to be kind of a, not a storefront, but it... If I'm thinking the same place that used to just have like classes there, yeah, and he still does. Okay, um, okay. He's moved all that over across the kind of breezeway there to the, yeah. the, the, the to a storefront building. Gotcha. And it's all behind glass. He did a really good job over yeah. there. It's, it's really nice. So I went there one time just kind of exploring some coffee, right? And the girls were like, "Oh yeah, come in the back. We're we're doing this and this." Twenty minutes later, I feel like I'm going to run yeah. down the street. I'm like, "What did you guys just serve me?" Like, yeah. what? what What's yeah, that? it was good coffee. Yeah, for, he's for gotten sure. me wired up a few times. <laughs> oh, wow. Got some lights going hey, on here. Look. All right. Nice work, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we also use his tea for our green tea lager. So Ooh, we source nice. that all through Espresso Italia. So yeah. really into tea. Great blends. We use it for every year. We use it. For yeah. yeah, good sencha. That's Japanese a good combo. Yeah. Tea and lager? Yeah. 
Yeah. We're excited about it. It's going to be a big big bet for us coming up. Uh, it's coming up, so this yeah. isn't even, wow. We brewed it a couple times, news. but the big launch is yeah. going to happen soon. Nice. So, if we right. can get a filter to work. Is it a little difficult? <laughs> Stop breaking the filter. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Calm down. We're only 11 minutes in. we got plenty of time to... Uh, <laughs> so um, so it was you and how, how many founders were there? At the time, there were six of us. Six of you. Yeah, okay. And, yeah. and over the course of many decades, a few kind of dropped away and okay. some were invited to leave and ended up with four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And there's four now? Uh, well... Three now, they're still active. Um, okay. Arthur, who ran our kitchen forever, yeah. um, decided after the buyout that he was done. Yeah, okay. He'd been working in kitchen since he was, got, I don't know, 14 and yeah. needed a break and wanted to go board horses and, and do some roping. So nice. that's what he does now. Do some roping. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. That's I, awesome. Yeah. He's yeah. really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who yeah. knew? Who knew, right? I, that's that's not a, me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, you, you pick this place. Uh, you're like, this is what, what, what we're going with. Um, you start to demo. And, you, and what year is this? What year is it that you're... Ooh, 94. 94. Yeah, late 94. Okay. And the beer scene here was pretty minimal. Minimal. Best, to right? say the least. I think yeah. in town, you had, you had Coyote Springs, obviously. And then you had Bandersnatch. And that was about it. That was it? Yeah. yeah you had Crazy Ed. Up in Cave Creek, making chili beer. Oh, that was the guy with the chili yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah. That got some pretty wide distribution, didn't hey, it? Hey, everyone had a five-pack. Yeah, <laughs> five-pack. <laughs> it was hot, man. It was, it was hot, yeah. Because it actually had the chili, it had chili in, in it. In yeah. it, yeah. 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 <laughs> so crazy. So was it... Um, that's got to be. That's interesting because right. So now you've got this this beer, this this craft beer, de- a huge demand, right? Mm-hmm. So if you just hear, hey, there's a brewery open up down the street. Oh, yeah, like, hell yeah, yeah, dude, I'm yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Then was it kind of people like, what the hell you mean a brewery? Well, yeah, I mean yeah. We, we predated craft beer. We predated microbreweries. I mean yeah. that term wasn't even used. There yeah. were they call this boutique breweries and stuff like that. But yeah, no, we had to beg, uh, like Casey Moore's and, and Timberwolf to to take it. Hey, we're oh, like really. Trust us, it'll sell. It's good. Yeah. Uh, finally, Casey's caved and, and put it on, and they've been our longest-standing account, and oh, still nice. one of our best in terms of volume. And yeah, yeah, great place. Nice. So, so, but did you have the restaurant at the time? No, too? no. We were okay. we just started off. We wanted to be a production brewery. Okay. Um, then we had a sort of angel investor come along and ask the obvious question: Why don't you have a pub? Yeah. And we're like, what? Okay. <laughs> um, so he invested some money and and helped us build out the kitchen and, and the patio and everything. How long ago was that? That's probably about two years into it, two and a okay. half years into okay. it. Okay, so pretty quickly, though. Pretty quickly, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, we were, like, banging your head against the wall going, yeah. wait, retail, you can make way bigger margins. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So then you decided to start that, the retail, like, getting stuff out on taps and, and bottling yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, bottling yeah. didn't come till later. We were a draft-only brewery for probably the first five years, probably. Okay, yeah. Uh, which was great. I, I, I still wish we were draft-heavy. It's just... Yeah easier to do beer in bulk is always better right yeah um but no we we jumped in and bottles and cans and yeah. all that fun stuff did and you all the buy, did you build the, the the bottling and the canning line did you buy the first, one the first bottling line we had was a machine and i wish i still had it because i could drive it out to the desert and just beat the crap out of it yeah <laughs> like on that was that office space oh with yeah the printer just I joined you. full baseball bat <laughs> yeah it exactly. was like an oxygen inoculator yeah. machine this is awful <laughs> Um, and we we sucked at running it, so <laughs> zero patience. 
um, then ended up flying out to uh, Philadelphia to Victory Brewing Company, and we bought their original bottling line. Nice. So that's what we ran here for a very long time. Okay. Um, great little rotary line. Had its problems, but we managed to massage it in the right way, and it, and it worked for us. Did what you needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then we bought a, our first canning line was a, a cask system, six-head cask. Uh, much What's better that? than the heat. It's kind of like what everyone's using. Um, okay. It, it's a linear one. The, the heads drop down into it. Oh, fills gotcha. them up, And then they go to the seamer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then we graduated from there to a, a rotary can line, which is yeah. at Wilson now. So. Okay. Which is pretty massive. Uh, the first one was big. Yeah. And it was a pain in the ass. Um, again, we got it to work, mostly seamer problems. And then we graduated after the acquisition to a larger CFT system. New to us, it had started life at the Carbach Brewery in Houston. Okay. Um, so on the everything from can offload to filling was theirs, but then everything post that was new. All the filling or all the packaging stuff, all the lines and stuff. Are new. So it's a great line. It's amazing. It can do three hundred cans a minute. Yeah. no problem. Damn, yeah. that's that's impressive. Yeah, it, I got to go it, there and, it, it and watch fly. that go. Yeah, yeah. So Everybody at the table was like, "Hell yeah, that that thing rocks." Yeah. <laughs> so um, so over the years, I mean, so back then, so you you start to, to package it. Um, was were you guys self distributed? Was it like how did that? We self-distributed for the first, what, three years, Ted? Yeah, self-distribution. I mean, I came along actually 18 years ago to this day. Oh, so today? Andy hired me over a turkey club sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, so, um, over a turkey club sandwich? Over a turkey club sandwich. Wow. that simple. Yeah. So I came on board right when we started uh, bottling beer, and uh, most of our business was in draft. Okay. And we did have the opportunity to do self-distribution, but at that time we were with a distributor called Alliance Beverage. So we had around, I'd say right around 150 draft counts and around the same with the package placements. Um, our great success was that we can go through our distributor as well as self-distribute. So any of our accounts that had any issues, problems, we were always there to you know take care of them. Yeah. Because that was our number one thing, was taking care of our customers. So whether it was myself, Jim Roper, uh, Jim Scussel, Andy, if we had to run a keg out, no problem. Because we knew that that's how we're going to build our business, and we did a great job of doing that. Yeah. And that's cool. Can you do that still? Or once now it's with the distributor, they have to do it all? We've changed licenses now. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty much everything has to touch a dock at a distributorship now. Uh, but, gotcha. but the, uh, the crappery license, they can do it all they want. And that's uh, okay. the license we had prior to the acquisition. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Makes things a little more complicated or... A little. It's yeah. another step. But, yeah. I mean, I kind of get why they do it. Yeah. But still, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's more than one pain in the butt, right, in the brewery <laughs> I, world. Yeah. I, got, I got a big butt, so. <laughs> Plenty so, of room. So what has it been like since So, since you guys started up up until uh, up until today, just the uh, the beer culture here in Arizona? Like, seeing it go from, I mean, what, probably six at the time you guys opened up across the state? Yeah, I want to say now eight when okay. we opened. And now what, 110? Yeah, something, something like that. Crazy. Now, Jim and I always joke like we used to. I used to know everybody by name. Yeah. And now I don't even know probably half of them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Probably even less. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, open so fast you can't keep up. Yeah. And how That's is a good it? Thing. How, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, because there's some really good beer being made out there. 100. For, for sure. So how did? Um, do you guys? I, I, I mean, a lot of people see you guys, myself included, as that centerpiece of of bringing that that culture to, to Arizona. So did over the years, have you seen, I mean, you obviously seen a lot of people come and go, uh, but have there been a, a lot of people come 
through you guys? Yeah, yeah. There's been a pretty big fraternity sorority that's that's run its way through through Four Peaks. Yeah. Um, God, the most notable, I mean, there's two guys in two guys in Montana. Yep. Yeah, two in Montana. A few in, in town. One in Colorado. Yep. That have gone and not just worked at the breweries, but done and opened their own thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Jeff opened up, and two years later, he won small small brewery of the year at the JBF. Yeah. Where's that? Who's that? He's in uh, Missoula. Uh, Missoula. Missoula. Gotcha. Okay. And, and Craig Kuntz is up in Kalispell. Okay. And a place called Sunrift Brewing Company. And Josh Townsley, he used to run our uh, front of the house pub. Yeah. He actually has a place in I think it's Lakeside, Montana. So there's actually three and, and, a, and a place in Missoula. Yeah, yeah three good, good three alumni of uh, Four Peaks in Montana, uh, in Colorado. Scott Bickard's up there at Animus Brewing Company, doing a great job. Award-winning beers there as well. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's been yeah. great. And I'm sure you've had a lot of people come to you and say, hey, we want to open up. I mean, probably thousands. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to open a brewery. Hey, do I make four beers in my garage? I'm going to open a brewery. <laughs> can you can you tell me how to do all that? Uh, was that, I mean, has that been a common thing over the years for people to come to you guys and say, yeah. hey? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think the advice has changed over the years. Uh, yeah. Ten years ago, I would say, hell yeah, do it. I, now I would be like, have a good plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a really good plan. Know yeah. what you want to do. I, don't try to be everything to everybody because I, I think that window might be closed. Um, I, I wouldn't want to be opening a new packaging brewery right now. I think yeah. I think it would be really, really difficult. Why is that? Shelf space. I mean, okay. it's most of it's taken up, and, yeah. and those things are kind of locked down in, in perpetuity. So unless you're making something that is completely stellar, it's be a tough road. Yeah. So, I, I, but if your idea is to open a, a brewery in a tap room, like, yeah, hell yeah, do it. Service the community, yes. kind of neighborhood, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Just, just know what you're getting into. Right? Sure. It's, it's not the same game as it was five years ago, a decade yeah. ago. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, don't go into it for the money, right? I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're going to do the the brewery tap room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's good money. You make a good living, but sure. you're not going to be retiring next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the cool things though, that I like about about the breweries is uh, people are doing it because that's that it's what they want to do. You know, it's not like oh, dude, I'm going to cash in on this. I don't really care about beer. I'm going to cash in on this. No, you got to be committed to it. Yeah. And and people are like, yeah, dude, we're you know, month to month, it, it can be a struggle, but yeah. uh, but I love it. I wouldn't change it. You yeah, know? it's and a lot. It's yeah. akin to the restaurant industry, right? I mean, yeah. People don't open restaurants to get rich. They do it because it's what they love. Yeah. You know? And probably a little bit crazy, right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> that complicated. I mean, you guys probably have seen it. Going from just being a, a brewery to then opening a restaurant, that's a whole other animal, Completely right? Completely different. Yeah. Completely different. I'm so glad I didn't have to be work on that side. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't even have to deal with that. Yeah. No. Randy and, and, yeah. and Arthur took care of front of the house and back of the house for us when yeah. I got to focus on production. Nice. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> right. It's that same old thing. You do something you love and it's never work. Sure. So, yeah. yeah I've had 25 years of... Not no coming job. to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's unemployed yeah. for twenty five. Yeah, I don't go to work. Yeah, it's been paid for having fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But but it's it's crazy because one one thing I've really learned and what I love about the craft beer community is um, it's it, you have to work your ass off. You no know, question. like I mean I'm sure that's with everything, but I love it because it's creative. But even if you have the best ideas, if you're not willing to put the work in, you're not gonna you're not going to be successful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a certain level of art to it, but a much greater layer of science and, and, and hard work, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's kind of a cool blend of all kinds of different worlds. Um, For sure. I, uh, I did a, um, an article on the, the mayor of Flagstaff. Uh, and she's a huge fan of, of uh, craft beer. 
and she was telling me that she's like it's a tr- it's a intersection of art, uh, science, you know, biology. All she's like it, it's all of these things that people don't realize the math that goes into it. And she has but on top of that, what what a brewery brings to a community, yeah. not not just the you know sense of of place, but also, I mean, I don't know how to do plumbing. I don't know how to do electrical work. I don't know how to do that. I mean, so all of those trades, they don't get employed one time when you open. They're always here. I mean, from boiler guys to, like I said, plumbers, electricians, concrete. It's amazing. I mean, what it can bring to a community other than that sense of place and and all those other things you mentioned is it's important. It's It's a good hub. Yeah. Absolutely. And firefighters, too, right? It's good, <laughs> not, to, it's not to mention the social lubrication at the bar. Yeah. Right? Ah, There's a reward at the end of the day. Or it's, the beginning of the day, yeah. however you want to drink it. If you're Melissa, it's the beginning of the, of the day. day. Hey, I'm right here. <laughs> do, you, do you usually start uh, early, Melissa? Well, you need to. You need to. Yeah. I mean, like, start early work-wise or? Sure, well, sure. Head of innovation. I know. I do have to sample accordingly. Yeah. It's gotcha. usually the first thing that happens to me when I walk in the building. <laughs> Eight o'clock, someone she walks up and hands me taste this. Um, well, what is it? I need to know if I need to keg it that day or not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, that's one of the tough parts of the job, man. Yeah, you yeah. Gotta, yeah. So, all right. So, what about the beer? Like, so when you guys started, like, what what were you what were you guys making? Um, so you gotta like consider it was '96. Yep. Um, there were no weird pastry stout sure hazy (laughs) ice cream flavored (laughs) cereal beers you know um it it was traditional styles and the and the kind of leaders at the time were sierra nevada and you know guys like that um so we you jump in and you do what everyone else is doing because it's selling right so we made our first beer that we put out was a basically a sierra nevada clone an american paleo oh nice um great beer um but then just kind of realized like why are we going to go beat our heads against at the time, Goliath. Now they're even larger than that. Yeah. Um, and started to do our own thing, kind of branched out from there. But I had a particular love affair with English British style ale. Okay. Um, it's, it's my background. It's what I started with at Coyote Springs. It's it's. I went to school at the University of London, so it's just kind of what gravitated me toward making beer. Anyway. Um, am I talking too much? Oh, I'm getting the <laughs> X symbol. Oh, oh, I'm out of beer. Oh, <laughs> I just ordered you one. Uh, so yeah, so we started doing that. And so we had an oatmeal stout, we had uh, English stout pale ale, we had an English IPA, and at the time, IPA, no one had really heard of that. Um, I think of that, an IPA, yeah, which is crazy to think right. now. How about like, that? Yeah, like so, my grandma was even like, "You like those IPAs? Those IPAs? You like the nice. IPAs? Yeah, I do." Like Rajipa, <laughs> Rajipa. Do people say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a funny story about that one. Yeah, yeah right. I'll write that one down, Rajipa. <laughs> yes. So, but our the example of the time was like Liberty Ale. I mean, which was like an intensely bitter English style IPA. So, came up with Raj to kind of mimic that. But we Liberty had no was, idea. Is that um, Anchor? Anchor, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Anchor Liberty, great beer. They still make that. I see it sometimes. I hope it's so. one with the eagle on so. it. Right? It's a great beer. Yeah, it is a great beer. Yeah. So that that was so Raj was one of the first. Yeah, uh, we, well, we it, what happened early on when we were. <laughs> Right when we started, um, one of my partners, Dave, who's English, his family's from England, um, his uncle owned uh, a cider company in the okay. north of England. Back in the 70s, they had bailed out Bass. Bass was in some hard times. Okay. Um, so Dave would go over periodically, um, and he went over once to, uh, to see his uncle, and they went over to the Bass Brewery. Um, 
got to know a, a few contacts there. Um, thanks for the beer. Um, <laughs> what I get? Great. Thank you. That's what the X was for. Okay. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, so he had a few connections over there. Um, I was brewing here one day, and there was a phone number on my desk. I said, call this guy. So I talked to Dave. I'm like, who is he? Uh, he's like, well, for 35 years, he was one of the breweries, or one of the brewers at the Young's Brewery in London. He's retired and moved to Scottsdale, of all places. To give him a call. I'm like, yeah, okay. Give him a call. <laughs> yeah. So I called him up. I'm like, hey, I'm Andy Ingram. I, we're starting a new brewery. We want to focus on primarily British ales. Is there any chance you would come down and maybe critique what we're doing? And he's like, nah, I'm kind of sick of gardening. Uh, how's tomorrow? Uh, yeah, great. Um, his name was Barry John. Um, everyone called him BJ. And, and BJ, from that day, stayed for about 10, 11 months. Oh, really? Yeah, Just like I learned, sampling? And- I learned more from that guy than, wow. than I ever did at, at brewing school or just on my own. It was amazing. But what he taught me was the kind of British way of making beer. Um, minus a lot of the invert sugar and stuff like that that they would use. It was like kind of all malt. English brewing, which he was totally excited about. Okay. Um, so a great example of that is uh, 8th Street Ale. 8th yeah. Street Ale is a, is a Ramrod clone. Ramrod was like the, the, the bitter that kind of put Young's on the map. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then our Oatmeal Stout is a, basically a clone of Young's Oatmeal Stout. Ah, nice. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a great time for me, young and stupid, to have this guy come along. And yeah. <laughs> the one thing he said over and over to me was balance. Everything has to have balance. A mm. barley wine can be balanced. An IPA can be balanced. And I think that's something we've always kind of carried through in all of our beers is keeping that in mind that, you know, there's four ingredients. Why would you let one overpower all the rest? Yeah. Yeah. So why, though? Like, why, why, why was it such an important thing for, like, that was the, one of the things that he wanted to instill? It made you think about everything you were putting into a recipe. Okay. Like, why are you putting that in there? What, what is that going to bring to the table? Yeah. Um, why that hop? Why those types of malt? You know, yeah. and it, it, he even got us to the point of, of treating our water. Um, Tempe water, God bless it, is great. I feel bad watering plants with it sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, it's potable, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just sort of wildly variant, and yeah. we couldn't really get any consistency out of it. So he was the one that kind of helped us at least pushed us towards getting an RO system. At the time, I don't think anyone was making beer with RO water. Oh, and, gotcha. And now, I think every brewery in the Valley has an RO system. So. Yeah. So. My wife loves going to breweries because she's a lot... The she, water's awesome. She needs, to be, she needs to start a, a water block or like <laughs> a water like review system because she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, I'll go to there. She loves going to breweries because the water's just always awesome. Yeah. You know? Um, she's like, I don't want to go there. The water's not that good. I'm like, well, what about it? You know, over here. She's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got to hear the Raj IPA, the Raj IPA. Oh, the Raj IPA story. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> that guy. So this uh, beer festival is in the West Valley. So the West Valley didn't have too many beer festivals back in the day. Jim Roper actually got into our Volkswagen bus. And if you've ever seen our Volkswagen bus, it's tiny. He drove it all the way from Tempe to Glendale. Uh, actually, he was out there in Peoria at the baseball parks where the Padres and Mariners play. Okay. And they opened up a bunch of restaurants out there, and I would say the beer festival wasn't uh, kind of promoted all that well. So what happened is that when all the restaurant staff came out, they came to this beer festival. It was free to get in. You just kind of had to pay for your tickets for the beer. And they called it the Hop Fest. And a lot of people didn't know, oh, you know about hoppy beers and stuff. So How long ago the, was this? This had to be around 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. And so I, yeah, maybe. yeah, I don't even yeah. think, I think Hop Not just came out or wasn't even there. I, I, Raj was like the center of attention. So we okay. had like 8th Street, Raj, any of our hop influenced beers. 
So we had this one guy came up to the booth, kind of looking. He's like, hey, man, what you got like Bud Light? And like, well, he looked like he just got off his Harley. Yeah, he just got off. And he's just <laughs> got like, well, we don't have anything like that. It's a hop fest. So all these beers are pale ales, IPAs. And he goes, that's cool. I'll just take that Rajipa. <laughs> so it was the Raj IPA he wanted. But yeah. when he said Rajipa, that kind of always stuck with ourselves. And around the brewery, yeah. uh, we, we always have the Rajipa name because of that individual, that great person that named our Raj IPA the Rajipa. Rajipa. I like that. Yeah. I think story. somebody should name their kid Rajipa. The Rajipa. Rajipa. Yeah. Great yeah. Name. Even I'm, on the I'm brew out of schedule. the kid making game, so it's up to you. <laughs> Even I'm on the brew too. schedule over the years, it would be Rajipa with two E P A instead of an I <laughs> on the schedule. So I love that. Yeah. We knew what we were go back. Go back into the brewing archives and the names on the <laughs> Rajipa. Rajipa. You need a shirt or something <laughs> that says the Rajipa. Yeah. Uh, I brought a buddy here one time. Um, and, it, like, he, he was he liked craft beer. Like, he was he just didn't know really. He was, like, new to it, right? So I didn't realize how. Okay, you, you understand why I tell the story. So we we sit down, and he's looking, and the guy's like, what, you know, what, what would you like? He's like, I'll take one of those uh, Four Peaks. And the guy's like, they're all Four Peaks. <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on, man. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> so he's like, I don't care, man. Get me something. Uh, I'll have the ale. The ale. <laughs> Is that a good one? That's yeah, a common yeah, one. The, the ale. I'll have okay. the ale. So you bring like ales. On our old Eight. tap handles, we actually had um, little stickers on the tap that said local, right? Yeah. Okay. And so this, this lady came up and she goes, oh, I'll have the low-calorie beer, the low-cal <laughs> beer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure, here we go. We got plenty of those. Yeah. She was on the cutting edge, though. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Now it's awful. I think her name was Gil. Gilter. Yeah. Gil Gilter. <laughs> All right, so back on track, guys. Back on track. Uh, so there's a track. There, nah, not really. Okay. I was just trying Choo-choo. to make myself feel better. <laughs> All right, so so then things are really starting to boom right here in, in Arizona. Things are are really starting to grow. You guys well, are starting to grow. It was weird because and we've talked about this before, Jim. There's like this period of time where no breweries opened, like a seven eight year period. Like where, when? Like where? where what time are you thinking? God, maybe from 2000 to 2007. Maybe. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, there's a handful there. Everyone's going to be, that's bullshit. That's when we open. Yeah. But it just seemed like <laughs> there was no activity here. Okay. And there yeah, there seemed to be 14 or 15 breweries statewide for 10 years. For a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. So it, just, it started, and then it just stopped, and then it started again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like a boom to begin with. There okay. were a good handful, and yeah. then that handful was it for like a long, long time, and yeah. then all of a sudden it just blew up. It was That was probably, what, like 2011 or so yeah. around that time period? Yeah, within the last f- six years. It's yeah. been crazy. Like, I can't keep up. It's like Jim said. I, we, yeah. I feel like when I moved here, I moved here in 2007, there was 35 maybe? Yeah. And that so it's right. triple. Now it's triple that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy, man. Crazy. So, um... What's really cool is uh, I've talked to several people that uh, that and we'll, we'll get into the to the bio aspect of it, but but in the beer community, you guys have a lot of respect. There's a lot of people that really respect what you what you guys have done for this for the community. Yeah, I, that's nice to know. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, but no, especially I mean, especially after the sale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people. I mean, it's it's kind of cool because you get you know. Get people like you know defendants saying, "Hey, no, these guys paved the way. These guys are they've been doing it for for a long time." And I get a lot of guys that say, "You know, I can't remember if it was in 
can't remember if, who it was exactly, but someone's like, dude, anytime we need, we're having issues with the beer, uh, we call these guys up and they'll, they'll say, hey, come to the lab. It's eight o'clock on a Saturday and you guys open up the lab doors to, to help people. So no, that's, yeah. that's huge, man. That's, yeah. yeah. No, that we, and we did that prior to the sale. Hey, it was, if we've got some piece of equipment that can help you out, let us know. If, you, yeah. if we've got bags of malt that you need, let us know. It's not hard. Yeah. It is funny, though, because we, after the sale and after all of the upgrades and, and all the money that's been spent in the brewery, it's funny how few people actually ask, ask us problems, come to us with problems or ask us questions. After? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, we have all the resources in the world now. Yeah. And doors open, man. You can come by anytime. Yeah. If you need, I mean, get a GC spec that costs more than my house, you know, I, I, come by, use it. Yeah. Do you think that people are t- intimidated in the sense of like, oh, I hope not. not. Yeah. Well, maybe this this will be the. Maybe. Maybe we'll I just screwed up. They're not, now they're going to beat the door down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. We're just, we're just always been all about better beer. Yeah. So yeah. if we can help make you or have you make a better beer by our help, or yeah. if we can make one of our batches better every time we brew it. That's all that's important. Yeah. yeah. And we it, all want to drink great beer. Yeah. And we've always believed that it, if we're all making good beer, we're, we're going to bring more drinkers into the fold. Right. right. Sure. Yeah. So that's always the problem when somebody opens up. You're like, and they always ask me, advice, what's your advice? I'm like, don't make shitty beer. Right. <laughs> There's one thing you could tell me. Yeah. Don't make, don't shitty, make beer. Sh- shitty beer. Yeah. yeah. Make good beer. That's a good, that's, that's definitely good advice. Because that's, it's going to hurt all of us if you don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, I feel like that's kind of where things are going in the sense of, you know, people always talk about, oh, there's going to be a shakeout and there, there's, there's, there's going to be this, what is it, the bubble is going to pop or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, it, th- those things are not necessarily bad. It's, you know, if people aren't in it making quality stuff, then yeah, that's, yeah. you, you, so you got to step your game up. Sometimes herds need to be culled, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, you guys were a big part of the um, SB 1030 as well. Right? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, several different versions of that. Yeah, okay. I think we changed that law three times. So what is that? Explain what that what that is. So the first time we went to the legislature was um, when the uh, the cap was at ten thousand barrels for a craft brewery. You could make ten thousand barrels, and you could self distribute ten thousand barrels. Okay. Well, we were kind of the first ones to bump up against ten thousand barrels, so figured out we had to change this law. Um, and the first time through, it it wasn't that contentious. Um, I think they bumped us up to 20,000 barrels, but the, the, the give and take was we're going to bring your self-distribution rights down to 5,000 barrels. That's the, it was the distributors Is saying, state? yeah, okay. statewide. Right. And that was the distributors saying, hey, we still want our piece, right? Sure. We've yeah. been here a lot longer than you have. Um, and that was kind of sailed through. And then pretty quickly we were up against 20,000 barrels. Um, that time was a little more contentious. Um, uh, it kind of it kind of got swept under the rug by them saying, "This is it. This is the last time we don't ever want to see you. We're going to bump it up to forty thousand barrels and three thousand of self distribution." I think that's right. I, yeah. Um, and we were like, "Yeah, great. Forty thousand. We're never going to get to forty thousand, right? Yeah. That's a dream." <laughs> Pretty soon, we're knocking up against forty thousand barrels, and this last time was tough. It was tough. Was I mean, that 2015? I'd say I, like right. I have yeah. no chronological memory. Yeah. It's, a, it's a blessing, really. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it could have been yesterday. It's between I don't, 1978 and 2018. Yeah, I think, whatever. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a blessing, really. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so that one, that one turned kind of ugly. Um, took a really strong lobbying effort um, on our part, and especially with the, the guild. They yeah. were, I would say, instrumental in, in a lot of that help. Uh, very expensive. 
for a lot of people, for the guild and for us. Um, we matched what the guild put in. Okay. Um, and eventually it went through, it, mainly from uh, consumer pressure, pushing back into legislature. Like, why are you punishing small businesses that are succeeding? Because ah. that was the punishment. If you went over that 200,000 barrel limit, yeah. you could lose your license and, and you would have to close your retail outlets. No, so yeah. North Scottsdale would yeah. be closed, and it's, we were like, "This doesn't make sense." How? What, right. Who thought of this? Punishment for being successful. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they they got that, and they really didn't have a leg to stand on, and and changed it. So yeah, yeah bumped it up to a two hundred thousand barrel cap. Yeah. Uh, and kept self distribution the same. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Three three really good victories, and the last one was the best, especially for the guild. Yeah. Big big feather in their cap, so they they can now be seen as sort of a powerful lobbying group. Yeah. Yeah. They do very well at that. Like yeah. that's 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 something that uh, yeah for sure yeah. Um, all right, so things are going really well. You open. When did you open up the um, the North uh, Scottsdale? Location? I want to say twelve years ago. You're asking okay. me all these timeline questions. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you now more because just, I know. Yeah, you're yeah. just being yeah. Now. Now. On it. Yeah, yeah it was around sixteen years ago. Yep. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Two thousand three. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. And so so what what led to to that? And why, why there? There's just a void. You know, you okay. find white spaces. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Sorry, inside joke. Um, you find areas that, you're, that are being underserved. And at that time, almost two decades ago, North Scottsdale, there was kind of a beer desert. Mm-hmm. Um, just seemed right. There were a lot of super upscale places. There was no kind of fast casual. Okay. So it was a great, easy fit. Throwing yeah. a place that served great fresh beer and great hamburgers and people could get in and out yeah yeah it's funny people like beer and hamburgers i know yeah. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we had a little bit of a my wife might be pissed for me saying this but uh we had a little bit of a good time with our neighbors last night and she had to leave work early you look today. a little sweaty right now <laughs> I, i'm good i'm good like I, my wife was struggling today though and she's like uh she's like hey will you go get me a hamburger i'm like i can't i'm like i gotta i gotta get down to four peaks like, god damn it uh, so yeah uh, <laughs> But it's she's filing divorce papers right now. <laughs> exactly as we speak. Like, why aren't you returning my text? Why didn't you give me a cheeseburger? Yeah, I'm like, God. Just a burger emoji. Yeah, and a middle finger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody signing a piece of paper. Yeah. So, uh, so you open that. You guys are you guys still in the airport? Yes. You still have a location in the airport. Yeah. Okay. When did? I'm not gonna ask. Don't you ask that. me. I, <laughs> was that before or after Scottsdale? That was that was around five years ago. Okay. So okay. you know, 2013. Yeah, Wilson, our, our production brewery was around eight years direct. ago. Okay. That location's actually uh, should, where we I do a lot of up. our packaging and everything. <laughs> so that location, you know, when we got to forty thousand barrels here, we were able to go over there and do forty thousand. And since then, obviously, changing the law, Wilson has a lot more capacity over there. So yeah, that you place know, is huge. That place is a gorgeous yeah. brewery. It so. Is. Love to get you down there. Yeah, we went there for the. Uh, that's where we met the first time at okay. the uh, the off flavor tasting yep. tasting course. Uh, Zach here was uh, running that right on the show. Zach yeah, and Melissa. and Melissa as well. Yes, I took my buddy to that, um, and it, he was like, "Dude, look at all those beers up there." He's like, "I've never had that one, that one, that one." And then uh, Melissa, I think you said something about, "I hope you guys are ready to taste some crappy beer." And I told him we we're doing it off flavor to identify that stuff. And then he looked at me. He's like, "Dude, are you serious?" I'm like, "Dude, I told you it was an off like." He's like, I thought you were kidding, man. He's like, I thought we were just coming to taste break. No, we're going to taste some tainted beer. So. Yeah, not one-offs. <laughs> yeah, off. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's special. It's special. It in is its, special. In, in its own way. Uh, so, all right. So we got we got to talk about uh, the buyout because, I mean, that's 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 a significant part in the history of, of Four Peaks. So. What buyout? 
wait, shit, I got the wrong place. Um, hold on. All right, guys, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> so when, what was the first, uh, what was the first, I guess, um, feeling or the first, first time that it, it became a possibility or that you guys knew it was going to happen? So, I mean, like, embarrassingly enough, it was the four founders sitting around going, we don't know what we don't know. We were selling, uh, it, God, I think at the time, maybe 60,000 barrels, but all in Arizona. Yeah. And we knew that if we wanted to continue to grow, we had to get outside of the state. Okay. Um, and we didn't know how to do that. Flat out, honest with you, we were like, I, we have one distributor. We have it so easy. Um, how do we bring on 59 more distributors and try to keep ahead of this thing? Yeah. Um, couple that with the fact that we were all getting a little bit older and we had no exit plan. Um, we started to kind of think about it. Like, hey, maybe we should bring in a VC, um, get a big cash infusion. Maybe that'll help us out. Um, but the, the downside of that or selling a portion of the brewery is that they want a pretty quick ROI. Okay. And I didn't know what that looked like in three years. Yeah. That it, They could have sold us off to somebody else or... Yeah, it, it's called a margin call, and it's like the worst thing that could happen to you. Doesn't sound good. Like, no, no. Good. I mean, I don't know anything about business, but that does not sound good. But it's not <laughs> worth it for a big, quick cash infusion. Okay. So we finally realized that maybe our best bet is to kind of look at another brewer or a brewing group. Okay. Um, we hired a group called First Beverage. Um, that's why they, they broker deals like that. And I think the day we hired them, uh, my phone rang. Picked it up guy named Michael Taylor, and he's like, I'm with uh, mergers and acquisitions for Anheuser-Busch. Uh, wonder if you guys had a couple minutes to talk. And I'm like, well, I, we want everyone to go through First Beverage. And he's like, who's, what? Yeah. He's like, I, no, I'm just kind of cold calling you right now. Oh, and no And I'm shit. like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Not even connected. No. Not, wow. Completely unrelated. Um, did you think it was like a prank call? It, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember being in middle school. We used to prank people and say we were college coaches. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. say we were recruiting them. It was a dick move, but yeah. you know, it was. We got a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like first beverage, like trying to fake me into. Okay, yeah. don't ever say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, set you up. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so I, you know when that phone call happens, you you listen. So. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple other suitors. Um, probably shouldn't name who they were, but there were definitely four or five other interested parties. Yeah. Um, and just kind of realized that that was not only good for the founders' families, but sure. it was also good for our employees. It was a, it, There was no way that AB was going to come in and alter anything here. Yeah. There was no way they were going to come in and do wholesale firings or, and progressive reformulations. And Meaning based on what, what you guys were just like, hey, this is a contingency of this. 100%. Yeah. If they had even said that, it would have been no thank you. Yeah. But they also got us in touch with some of the other guys that, that had sold out prior okay. to us um, we had some good conversations with them and they're like they're like look you, you're still going to run the place yeah. they're just they're going to help you out so the, the word that they always use was amplify we, we love what you're doing Michael said it one and he's like you're not broken where are we going to fix you yeah. so we just want to amplify what you guys can do yeah. so it, it, it all seemed too good to be true um, but they've been good to their word and, and we're all still here and we're all still running the ship and, and yeah. guiding everyday decisions so it's yeah. it's great it's crazy in a way yeah. but they, they offered things like that we could never have offered like a, you know like a Vanguard 401k there's no small business that can offer that to somebody yeah. um, the medical coverage was something we I never could have provided yeah my employees so there's a lot of upside there 
Yeah. Yeah. What well, I remember you saying too is it, it wasn't it was an easy decision. It wasn't like no. hell yeah, no. let's do this. No, it, it was, took us about eighteen months to yeah finally pull the trigger on it. Yeah, and so during that time period, like, what were the things that you guys were looking at? Like, thinking, all right, should we do this? Should we not do it? Like, what was? Well, we were looking at some of the, you know, some of the bloodbath that was going on with some of the other guys that had sold, uh-huh. and we're like, do we really want to do that to ourselves? Meaning, like, the shit that they were taking yeah, from, from a other people. Yeah, a lot of the trolls. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, the trolls. Yeah. So it, finally, we were like, you know, it's it's not their business. It's a business decision at this sure. point. It's, yep. And and this is what's best for us, and this is what's best for the company and our employees. Yeah. And, and when we talked um, a couple of weeks ago, just some of the things that you told me were, were things that people don't even think about. Like you said, the four hundred one k, the you know the fact that you, you're basically still running the shit, right? Like yeah. you guys, nothing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like anything's really changed from from the perspective of the operations. Yeah, or, if you're a customer at the bar, you would not know. Yeah, anything's different, right? Um, on the supply side, I. We have air conditioning. We do. We do. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's huge. They, that is huge here. That they is, did install yeah. air conditioning in, in here. Yeah, you never had air conditioning before. No, no, no shit. Believe I don't it or not, remember that. Yeah. Well, my buddy ordered the four peaks. I think that was before. So <laughs> he I remember why had, we were he so had a heat hot. stroke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The rest of that night's kind of a blur for me. So <laughs> maybe maybe that's why. Uh, but um, yeah, sure, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just the heat. Well, and, and things got a lot safer as well. Oh, interesting. We, okay. We, we had a safety program started before KB, but our, our safety it, program was safety third. Safety it, third. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> we certified in forklifts and things like that. But we wore safety glasses, but still. Occasionally. Steel toed sandals. <laughs> yeah. So, don't bring up the caverns. <laughs> but, so, uh,. Yeah. So, because, so, so that kind of, it, it seemed like it, it kind of streamlined a lot of things, possibly for you guys. It, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. to be honest with you, I thought the safety thing was going to be really difficult because yeah. we didn't really have, I mean, we were safe, sure. obviously, and, and we would get on you if you were unsafe, but it was not a safety culture. Okay. But they came in, and that was one of the things they didn't, they didn't let us do on our own. Yeah. And I'm glad, thank you, that they didn't, because our safety program now is the best in the world. It's... We are tied into the largest brewery in the world safety program, and it's amazing. It's awesome. So uh, I think we're almost a year and a half without an injury. No, way over two years. Two years. Yep. Wow. See chronological stuff. Yeah. I can't. Oh, <laughs> the last injury is between 1978 and 2018, yeah. right? Yeah. Just my pride is hurt now that I can't do math. That's the only injury. <laughs> Uh, so my buddy Marcus, uh, Marcus, um, he's he's actually in the process to open up his own. Uh, he's looking for a place for a brewery right Great. now. Uh, does really good beer reviews. Marcus is just a good dude. So he, I put a question, I put a questionnaire out on Instagram and say, hey, going to Fort Peaks to do a podcast. What questions you guys? And I'm thinking, oh shit, what am I? What am I gonna get, dude? Nothing but great stuff, right? Oh, that's nice. Great, great question. So Marcus, his big thing was like, how much did your production increase after the buyout? It's a pretty significant. Yeah, it was a pretty good big bump. It was not like we doubled or anything, but I mean, it makes sense, right? We opened up in the first year. We opened up five new markets, so that's gonna five new states. Yeah, yeah. So that's gonna obviously help with yeah. production. Um, yeah, it's a good question, but it was all relative to opening markets. But we did yeah. also grow in Arizona quite a bit too. Yeah. So you get you get that benefit of being in their sets and in their their sales programs. Yeah. So it was it's valuable for sure yeah so we, we had a good bump we're still growing it ted i don't know what 
you know, we've had great years over the years where we're like almost double, you know, 30% growth, you know, back in the day. You know, right now we've been very consistent with our growth, okay. and it's been uh, a good strategy that we've had. You know, we kind of have a, like a halo effect around um, Arizona. So we're not in every state by any means. We're in the right states where I think our beers are relevant. Uh, you know, here uh, we're in eight states right now, and we're, we kind of have like a slow, methodical approach to it. Um, you know, being a part of Anheuser-Busch does have its benefits, but, you know, I wouldn't say they roll. You know, the, the red carpets aren't always there for you. We still have our challenges. <laughs> sure. We still have to go out there and kind of showcase ourselves and kind of sell ourselves to our wholesalers and show our true partnerships, whether it's here locally or in Southern California, Colorado, New Mexico. So we've had success stories. We've also had our challenges as well. So sure. yeah. it's... Um, I would say for us, it's business as usual, um, and we're still successful and doing a great job out there, and we got a great team, and, you know, great people brewing the beer, great people selling the beer, and we're doing the best we can. Yeah. yeah. I would say, it, uh, not tooting my own horn, but I, just on the brewing side, I think we're making better beer now than we've ever made, too. Okay. Um, because? I, we're more conscientious about it. We have more backup. I mean, all new beers get have to get sent to Central Lab to get tested. Um, it's just the fact that they've probably dumped yeah, maybe a three quarters of a million dollar into our into our lab here. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just we're we're just we're better at it now. We have we have better fail safes than okay. we ever had before. So uh, we can kill a beer in tank before it ever sees a market. You know. It, yeah. You know, before a can swells up or a bottle explodes or it's just bad. Yeah. We can figure all that out way ahead of time. Excellent. Okay. So. What has been what's been difficult? Like what has been difficult about the? I'll leave that one to transition. <laughs> <laughs> difficult about the transition? Ah, you know, you know, there's there's a couple things I would have to say, but I mean, overall, um, difficult. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's kind of so. It's a perception. Sometimes, you know, people think that you know we do have it easy. I wouldn't say it's it's any easier. There are great things that we got with the acquisition. We were able to hire more people, so we employ a lot, well over 300 people here in Arizona. So, okay. you know, I would say, you know, I, I think the understanding of kind of like what we go through as a company and being a part of a bigger brewery, yeah. you know, is uh, a lot of people don't have the understanding of our challenges. We're still people that work in this beer industry day in, day out, whether we're selling, brewing, marketing. Um, and, and so I, I, not that that's difficult by any means, but I think just, uh, you know, you always get those challenging questions of like, hey... You know, what's going on with AB and stuff like that? Or you get yeah. a little knocks here and there. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, being a part of beer is always what I wanted to be a part of. And I think we all wanted to be a part of here. And, um, you know, so when you're, whether you're on a small local um, level or you're a regional brewery, what have you, I mean, you can always kind of be as nimble as you want to be. And, you know, so I would say, you know, Right now, I wouldn't say it's, it's a lot of difficulties out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're still having a lot of fun. It's not, I mean, the hard part is like you've, got, you've gotten absorbed by this giant company. Yeah. And there's a few more hurdles you have to go through at certain points. Um, other points, it's just wide open. I mean, it's like I, I can't believe they've opened up this alley to us. Yeah. And other times, it's, you get bogged down. Um, like my biggest pet peeve, and, and I have no problem saying this because I've said it to the guys at the higher up than me is that it's so hard to get beer to market now so if we have an idea it, prior to the acquisition we could have an idea and I could have it on the shelves in three weeks so now it's a little bit harder things have to get approved things have to get tested things have yeah. to which I totally get and, yeah. and, and in a way I'm thankful because uh, they've probably killed some projects that would have been killed themselves and been embarrassing yeah 
Um, but that's it. Uh, some speed to market things is, is a problem for me. But other than that, it's it's such a there. It's a good company. Um, it's a little unnerving that I'm like the oldest guy at every meeting, but <laughs> but that's a credit to them. I mean, yeah. they've, they've hired this great group of young. They're almost all engineers. Everyone I meet is an engineer. It's crazy. Um, Do they wear like rolled up pants and like the curly mustaches and no, stuff? No, like train engineers with the big hats. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of like the hipster, right? With the, yeah, you know. No, they, the boilermakers. Yeah, I had to get that Purdue shot the in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's for Chris, wherever he is. Uh, but no, just a, a great, smart, conscientious, excited group to yeah. work with. And it's not kind of, to be honest with you, it's not what I expected. I expected a bunch yeah. of old mustaches that said no. Really? And it's, yeah. it's a bunch of young people going, yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's push it through. Yeah. Why do For you me, think- it's been overwhelming as innovation. Get to go on trips. These guys go out to Germany, South Africa. We've gone to hops. We do hop selection now. We pick our own lots. And it's always make more, make more, make more. Like, And that thing to market too, like we have ideas, but to get these new processes and things like that and beers approved, it's been just more, 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 more. So it's yeah. been very overwhelming, especially for me, especially barrel project, things like that, to turn this stuff out and, and produce a lot of stuff. It's been just... I, 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 mean, I, think, I think we forget <laughs> how many toys we have to play yeah, with. Yeah. Or, or we're just unaware. <laughs> There's so many toys in the box the that we're just unaware of them. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's That's the craziest thing. It's yeah. like, we'll come up with an idea and they're like, why didn't you ask about that? Because we've got somebody doing that in Brazil. They're, we're like, okay. I, <laughs> yeah, with that, the, the Brewers Collective is... 10, 11 breweries, and we've known six or seven of those for 10 plus years, yeah. way before any of this, just on the craft side back when we were young and all growing, and just some really knowledgeable people. But it's fun to have that collaborative effort sure. within the group. And then we do these trainings, of, you know, three to four times a year where we all get together and discuss it on the, you know, the, all the production aspects of it, whether it's ingredients or it's, it's yeast, it's water, it's whatever it is. Yeah, but it's, it's just fun to ha- be able to collaborate and have all that knowledge and all of their experience from all of their breweries. So I liken it to, like, the industry has a craft brewers conference once a year. We have it four times a year. Uh, Yeah. So there's, we can get... With your group of those group of We can have 50 brewers in a room every quarter from Canada through Mexico, or sometimes... Not just North Americans, on the whole, the whole world will show up. Yeah, yeah, with it, hundreds of years of experience. Yeah, it's just yeah. crazy, and we get to do that four times a year. And I sit there with my mouth open, going, "Oh my god, yeah, just, I can't believe this is happening." Just the amount of knowledge that can flow your way. And I think we're all on the same page as well of make great beer to style for the most part, yeah. and make just kick-ass beer, and have that same because a lot of us have been brewing for 15, 20 years already. So it's like kind of the same group of people doing that so it's really like refreshing yeah balance yeah i mean we love the weird stuff too but it's not it's not what we hang our hat on yeah we're good at it but it's just not i mean we're we make great clean awesome beer to style yeah yeah that's a great mastermind that's like the ultimate brewery mastermind all those guys everybody coming together really i mean before if we had a question it would be the three of us and you're going Jeez, what should we do about this? <laughs> now it's a, an email, and then yeah. that gets sent out to 500 people across yeah. the world. And they're like, yeah, well, we, we tried this once. and then it, But it's instantaneous, too. It's amazing. Well, I remember you told me, too, that uh, the, um, what is it, the lime? Lima. Lima. Yeah, yeah. Lima. So you, the spiked limeade. The spiked limeade, which is delicious, it is by the way. Yeah. Freaking good. Um, but you had said, what's, one thing that was really cool, it's kind of two parts to this, is you said... 
but now you get to go back to do what you love, right? You came into this because you liked making beer. You didn't get into this so you could do HR and taxes, <laughs> right. And all, right? Yeah. So you're getting to chill back. That's a very good ad. <laughs> so, uh, wait, shit, did I file last year? Yeah. Uh, right. You called the IRS. I get my years mixed up. I'm sorry. Like, right. I don't give a shit. So, but that's cool that you now can, that's that's a piece of this that, um, that the trolls or whoever is, you know, um, just being douches about it, don't, they don't think about it. Like, dude, you put guys have put the time in and now you're getting to go back to do what you love to yeah. do the reason that you started this yeah, you know absolutely um and with sorry go ahead you're gonna say something no i th- i think that on the supply side we have it the best uh, in the whole company it's yeah. sales side and marketing they have uh, different pressures on them yeah but for us <laughs> it's like here's a ferrari go yeah. drive it yeah well, the Lima, right? The Lima was Lima. Lima. <laughs> the Lima. Uh, it's that Pittsburgh thing coming out. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the Yins or Yins. Oh, uh, yeah. Up and under. My mom always says up and under. I'm up like, and is under. it up and under? Like, what? It's up and under the couch. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but the that particular drink, the, the Lima. Lima. <laughs> you had the idea, right? So you, you said you, you woke up and you're like, dude, I love that idea. And you reached out to, to somebody within within AB and Bev said, hey, I have this idea. And it made it so much easier for you to execute that. So what they did is they, and they do it still, they periodically have like these innovation contests, I guess, for lack of a better word. And they, they press all the breweries to come up with something completely out of the box just forget what you've done in the past try something new yeah and we came up with limeade and 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 made a couple versions of it and sent one off to one of these contests and i say we won but it was we won yeah it it was overwhelming it was great it turned out awesome um michelle even the and all the way up to burrito were like yeah this is amazing you you need to go on so the the winner of the of the project got uh, got a hundred thousand dollars to go do marketing, do sales, do everything three hundred and sixty around that brand to yeah. go bring it to market. And and their their caveat is if it fails, it has to fail quickly and <laughs> put a bullet in its head and let it be done. Yeah. But I don't think it will. I think it's a good. It's it's completely off brand for us. I'll yeah. I admit it. It's not it's something you'd expect from Four Peaks. But yeah. the quality and and the way that it drinks is definitely something you should expect from Four Peaks. So when it, when is uh, when will people expect to see that? Well, I mean, you can see now, you got it in the yeah. tap room. It's yeah. on tap here. Yeah. It's on tap at our pubs. And, you know, for the next four to six weeks, we're going to be doing some small activations. We've kind of introduced it at a couple beer festivals. And we have some activations going on throughout the valley to kind of introduce to it, get some excitement behind it. And then we're looking at sales to retailers here coming up in August. Okay. So we have our cans coming out. So it'll be the sleek, really cool looking cans of the Lima. Um, and then we'll have some draft opportunities with certain accounts out there. And the mixology with Lima is the best thing about it. Yeah. I mean, by itself, it's incredible. But the mixology, um, I mean, I've had some of the best mojitos, margaritas, you name it, with Lima. And, uh, the Polima. Yeah, the Polima. The Polima. They mucho. Which is tough. <laughs> Live in the Lima. Made with Lima. Yeah. Awesome. That's it's good. Not, it's not Polima. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I'm going to rhymes with Zima. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Just rhymes. That was the Maybe only. Maybe we just need to spell it L E E M A, like the old E. Yeah, like Rajipa. Yeah, Rajipa. So, all right. So, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Why? Why do you think that? Um, 
first of all, why do you think AB and Bev get so much shit? And why do you think you guys got so much shit for going with AB and Bev? I don't know. Maybe some of it in the past has been justified. They're they're a big company, and they yeah. they are out to make beer and sell beer, yeah. and they do it very very well, and they do it very aggressively. And I think that's in the past some toads have been stepped on. I'm sure. Um, but I can't blame them for that. It's, it's their business. It's what they do. They have investors that they're beholden to. Um, I, I do wish people could see the AB that we see. It, it's not what you think. Yeah. You know, it's not Darth Vader walking around the Death Star. Right. <laughs> it's it, it, in, in some in some instances, it's, it was shocking to see that they actually don't have their shit together in a lot of ways. You know, it's just they're like anybody else. Yeah. So yeah. I. It, I don't know. I do wish people could see the, the, the way that it works the way we do. Um, as to why people care. I, people are, it, that's the great thing about breweries. People get invested in them, right? It's yeah. no one, like if you're making shoelaces locally, no one gives a crap. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But there's something about beer. There's something about yeah. your local beer that people invest in and they own it. They, they feel some bit of ownership in it. So when you sell to a larger company, especially one that's, you know, multinational conglomerate I think that kind of rubs them the wrong way but I, I, again I go back to I, I, I wish people could see the company that we, we, we that we work with on a daily basis they're they're amazing they're great yeah yeah well I mean like we said before the time you guys have put into this it's you know it's, it's yeah we weren't it's not like we were built to sell it's right. been yeah. you know 20 year overnight success right right but you guys are still in here all the time working your asses off and doing great shit for the community too um, yes. I guess I don't know if shit was the right word. <laughs> you guys are doing great things for the community. Um, uh, I don't know if uh, a shout out to my my, my boy uh, Wizard of Zah. So this guy on Instagram reviews pizzas. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good gig. Yeah, he's in good good shape too. I don't get it. Like I, I think I think he has somebody else eat the pizza. You know, but uh, <laughs> Roman Holiday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, he he does some really good stuff. Uh, big fan of of craft beer loves you guys um, he's, he's a teacher um, so he talks about all the great things and he was actually the his beer was chosen for the uh, you guys do like where where a teacher gets to design it, the beer yeah that's the, the peanut butter jelly beer peanut butter and jelly lager yeah, yeah. peanut butter jelly time yeah. yep is that what it's going to be called after school snack right that name's taken well yeah so actually I like after school snack that's yeah, yeah. That yeah is, after, I think that's what yeah, he said after after snack, yeah, yeah. And there was another recipe too. So incorporating the jam, we're gonna actually add strawberry. Someone had a strawberry ale, so kind of combining the two. And they've been told that it's gonna be kind of the two to uh, make this beer come together. So it's in a fermenter right now, still fermenting in the little Sabco batch we have, and we'll add strawberry here probably next week to kind of. But it definitely has a little peanut buttery, like whole grain bread yeah, kind of note cool. we did. I like so it. It, it's yeah. Nice. Well, low ABV, so yeah. Uh, I think we've always been yeah. we've always been kind of uncomfortable with cause marketing because I I hate that you yeah. either have a cause or you do marketing. Okay. I I hate to use charity to sell the company and its wares. Like we were always we've always been very quiet about donations and the stuff that we do. Yeah. We, for the prior to the sale, we had our own foundation that no one knew about, Four Peaks Foundation, that we would collect money and then every year find a worthy cause and send it out, but. But Four Feet for Teachers is one that we're particularly proud of. It's my wife was a teacher, her mom was a teacher, her mom's mom was a teacher. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and I saw it firsthand. It's like they have to every year go buy their own supplies. I mean, it, supplies like you know, 
hand sanitizer and tissue and pencils and papers and stuff like that stuff that the schools can't or won't provide. Yeah. So we're like, that's just a huge void. I mean, why, why can't the community jump in and help with that? Yeah. And, and, and we've got the perfect vehicle to do that. And it's just grown over the years. So we're going to expand it this year to New Mexico and Nevada. So, oh, nice. Yeah, it's a great yeah. program. I don't know if you know, but yeah, you get, you have to come to the brewery, you get a voucher, you have to do your school ID, you get okay. a voucher. And then this year, we're not going to do the boxes of supplies at the brewery. We're going to do some, but there's going to be some places all around town, but also in Tucson and in Flagstaff. Nice. And in New Mexico and, and Nevada, where you can go take the voucher and go get school supplies. And it's it's everything a classroom needs. It's extra paper and pencils and, like I said, so hand sanitizer. Full package. Like yeah, and we've got yeah. some great partners uh, this year. Uh, Wist is still doing it, I believe. Yeah, it's some of the local partners. I think. Yeah, and Oregano's. And, yep, Oregano's yeah. came on board. Um, you know, we've also had some retailers kind of come on board and do some uh, donations as well. Our um, customers that come to the pubs, they do donations. We do a raffle here. We're raffling off a really cool Four Peaks bike. Last year we did a scooter. Uh, so from customers to retailers, you name it, everyone jumps on board and finds that reason to believe. I mean, it was started, you know, uh, next year will be 10 years. So we're, it started off very small and now it's grown into we'll probably get close to around 6,000 teachers that we'll touch this year. So, wow, that's huge, And our man. goal is to get around 10,000 yeah. for next year when it is 10 years. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's that's I mean that's that's it's a small part of of what you guys do I think and it's yeah so it's actually a big part of what we do we just really keep quiet about a sure. lot of stuff that we, yeah it's just never been I, I don't know I, but the founders have always kind of felt uncomfortable about that yeah we, I can see that yeah yeah you know, obviously we donate we've done so many different cause beers but we just kind of keep it on the down low but yeah. this one is big and I, and the more people we can get on board the better yeah yeah awesome man well before we wrap up. Um, I thought we were just getting started. I know. <laughs> we're going to go for round two here in a minute. Uh, Melfi's got a lot to say. Leave <laughs> uh, for everybody. I did talk the whole time, didn't I? That's awful. You're great. The velvet you're, pipes. If you made to be on this microphone, yeah. <laughs> With a face like this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Luke, delete all of those pictures you took advantage. Uh, <laughs> so, Zach told me i got to ask you about the Kilt Lifter name. I mean, Kilt Lifter, that, that's... That's your that's your beer, right? That's yeah. the that's the flagship. So. Yeah. So, I, I mentioned earlier when we were talking about our angel investor, yeah, um, a guy named Dan Macbeth, um, partner in Four Peaks, but he was Scottish, head to toe. I mean, he would come into work wearing a kilt oh. all the time. <laughs> so, we we're trying when kilt, when kilt Lifter first came out, it was called Scottish Amber, right? And yeah. on, most boring name ever. We're <laughs> awesome with names. Um, Dan came on board and he's like, well, why don't you call it Kilt Lifter? And I'm like, well, I kind of think that name's taken. I'm pretty sure someone has that name. He's like, no, I do. I own it. I'm like, you what? He's like, no, I've, I have it registered. It's in my name. Why don't you use it? As a beer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did he um, ever make a beer? Or he just bought? He had plans. Dan had plans to open his own brewery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then kind of got caught up with us and... But he, had, he had actually had a whole bunch of names that he had registered. I said, that's very forward-thinking. Like, yeah. I'm going to register names before I even have yeah. my brewery open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, thanks for keeping that under your hat, yeah. your Tamashanter, for <laughs> a year. So started calling it. We're like, ah, oh, well, let's see. So it was like a week later, there was a, we were doing a, a little beer festival in the Scottsdale, what is that called? Right by the museum where they have the culinary festival. 
Is it the Brewers Bowl or something like that? Yeah, it was a little festival going okay. on, and, and by one of the bars, the Blue Moose, I think it was, they had this little stage there, and they were doing a talent contest. And it, it was awful. People were going up just making fools of themselves. So we're like, Dan, you got to go up there. He's like, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. We're like, I don't know. Just go. You're fully dressed in the kilt and the <laughs> coat, and you just go up there and stand there. <laughs> so he goes and gets in line. Dan would do anything. Goes and gets in line, goes and stands on the stage, and just kind of stands there. And people are like, what is he going to do? <laughs> Somebody started chanting, lift your kilt. Ah. And then the whole crowd is going, lift your kilt. Yeah. So Dan turns around and... Like a good Scotsman, nothing underneath. <laughs> Flashes the crowd. God, they go crazy. Yeah. The thing erupts. He won. <laughs> Just him showing his ass. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, okay, that kind of solidifies it for the yeah. name. The, the best side story of that was first prize was a, a six-foot bong. A bong? Yeah. At the time, Dan was 60 years old. Beer bong? A, no, a bong bong. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> for bonging. Yeah. Tobacco pipe. Yes. <laughs> it's Indian tobacco, my friend. It was sponsored by Trails, the local head shop. Ah, yeah. I gotcha. Okay, all right, yeah. And Dan drove around in this little, uh, I think it was Miata. A, it was Miata, yeah. A little yeah. two-seater. He had no idea what a bong was. Yeah. Pink glass bong in sticking out his Miata as he's driving around town in a kilt yeah drove home and he goes in and shows his son he's like I won first place I won I think it's a lamp it's fragile yeah and his yeah. son was like uh, major I'll award I'll take, yeah. I'll take that for you then. he thought it was a lamp and he's just like I don't you know I don't know if I need to get a plug for yeah, it I gotta, or gotta find some way you know. to wire it and he's like dad this is a bong it's a bong <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. And it's awesome that he won, and it's awesome that it was a bong that he yeah. won, and, like, just the whole series, and thus the story of Kilt Lifter. Yeah, and right. I <laughs> cannot get the image of his bare ass in my head. <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, this has been great. This is, I, I'm I'm stoked. All this one. Oh, wait, well. we have what Lima's coming. Oh, really? Lima's. Excellent. Thanks, ma'am. <laughs> Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Get on up, it's Lima time. Oh, stop. Ooh, look out. Oh, was that my your, God. Was that your uh, you know what? I got that? from Sanka Coffee. Uh, cool runnings. <laughs> Sound like the guy at the roller skating rink. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> or at the strip club. <laughs> I got it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We've got Lima on the stage. Uh, this is beautiful, man. This is. Uh, cheers, guys. Thank you guys cheers. so much. Can't reach everybody, but uh, cheers thank to you, you guys for this. Um, this drink. Tastes great. Hosting us and. That's my second Lima today. Your second? <laughs> it's a good yeah. day. All right, so before we go, describe describe exactly what this is. What's great is, it, what's beautiful is the simplicity of it. It's literally lime juice, a little bit of agave syrup, um, and DA water carbonated with some alcohol. It's about 5.9%. Okay, that's that's respectable. Yeah, but yeah. it's all right now. It's all organic ingredients, and it tastes like something you'd get on a street corner from some little girl that made limeade. It's it's just fresh and and awesome, and and you'd never know there was alcohol in there. Yeah, that's real good, man. Yeah, I like crazy. the glasses too. It's that's got, cool. It's got the, got the Gilligan's fancy Island type of yeah, yeah. Luke last time laughed last time I said Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything I missed? Is there anything else you guys want to share about? What, what, what's what's all right? So let me ask you this: What's next? Like, what is what's on the horizon for Four Peaks? Jeez. Well, well, we have a sour program going. Yeah. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. Lot lot more coming out of the barrel room for sure. So we put our first here. bottling line back in Eighth Street, so it's the first time we've had a bottling line in Eighth Street for the last six years. I want to say so. Least, yeah. It's the baby brother or sister of the bottling line that we have at Wilson. So. Okay. 
Uh, we kind of learned over the years with bottling lines to kind of get the same one. So we have the same, you know, components or, you know, seals, and we know how to work on it. So we're excited yeah. to have that so we can put out some of our barrel-aged beers, one-off beers, legacy brands. Rajiva. Uh, yeah, Rajipa. Rajipa. Of course. Yeah, so oh, man. Yeah. That will be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> you know, uh, one thing I've been talking about, Andy, for years is that we always wanted to... Uh, or I've always wanted to have kind of like a baby brother of Kilt Lifter in a way. So we are going to be bringing out a beer that we're calling Guilt Lifter. So Guilt Lifter is going to be a lower alcohol version of Kilt Lifter, right, right around 99 calories, 3.4 ABV. Yep. Uh, delicious, just like our award-winning Kilt Lifter. Obviously, for those people that enjoyed Kilt Lifter for a long time, that might want a little lighter version of it. Or, you know, maybe they went to a lighter beer of the day. So they'll come back to the Lifter family. And I'm really excited to sell it and drink it and <laughs> enjoy it. So and then we have the total opposite called Barrel Age Heavy Lifter. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a 10, 11 percent Barrel Age Kilt Lifter, bigger brother of Kilt Lifter. It's all about balance. It's all about balance. Yeah, you got know, it. Once again. So that's going to be like uh, like. Um, so is that going to be a staple beer? Is that going to be something you guys are going to always have the the Kilt Lifter? Yeah, and, so we're looking, like a lot of the brands we've done over the last couple of years, we put them into what we call the single tank program. Okay. Single tanks is basically like the minor leagues of our, almost like baseball. Okay. So, you know, some of these, like the Pitchfork, <laughs> I would have to say, our Golden Lager, those beers were part of our single tank program, and they kind of graduated to our core beers. And so Guilt Lifter, we're, we've brewed off the smaller Sabco system. Now we're starting to brew it off the 40 barrel here at 8th Street and kind of We'll put it on the pubs, maybe put it in certain it's accounts. the world's largest pilot system. Yeah, the world's largest <laughs> pilot system. So this, this here on Atriot yeah. is yes. a pilot system. This yeah. is yeah. our pilot system. That is so. impressive. <laughs> yes, to say the least. So the brewers kind of make a recipe, and these guys have been great with the acquisition, and I, I'm trying to encourage them, make, you have all these hops, all these different malts. Yeah, the access to the access materials to is, is it, it, mind-boggling. Yeah. So these guys can come and make a recipe that we've never done, because... We've been doing the same kind of single tanks for a while, and that's the thing of the single tank is make a 40 barrel, but you're making 80 kegs at a time. So we're going to look at the recipe and, you know, tweak it and see what happens. But otherwise, our keg at a time, (laughs) Sabco, is our little pilot system. Nice. Nice. So we got those to look forward to. Sour program. We have a raspberry gosa coming out. Nice. Uh, You had the Klein of Ice. Or Berliner Weiss. That was great. That was yeah. a fantastic beer. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. like three and a half percent too. It's super light. Yeah, nice and tart, but not too tart. You know, yeah. it's yeah, good balanced. Drink. Yeah, mm-hmm. balanced. Once again, balance. <laughs> yes. So when you're thinking, when you're talking sours, are are you like like wild yeast ale type things or more yeah. kettle sours? We still like do that. those. Okay. But we have two twenty barrel wood fooders in a locked up room in our back area. With the new barrel room. So we have about 220 bourbon barrels. We just got cognac and Armrock uh, punchins in 300 and 450 liter. So we'll put some wild, I guess, some lacto. We're trying to figure out still what's in it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so that'll go into a couple of our beer wine hybrid that we get from Pillsbury Wine. We get the juice and, and harvest. Thanks, Sam. Yep, thanks, Sam. So we call that grape and grain. That'll go into punchins. Grape and uh, grain's cool. It's like yeah. a, it's probably yeah, 45% grape juice, okay. and the rest is all malt. No yeah. hops. Just yeah. those two ingredients. Interesting. Fermented with our ale yeast. About 11%. Yeah, it's really cool. It, you so, get all that kind of grape fruitiness, and it kind of ends up with a 
kind of sweet round maltiness to it. It's a it's a it's completely different. I don't even know what to compare it to. Is that out yet? Is that available? We, we put one out last year. Okay. Um, this year's is much better, in my okay. opinion. Yeah. Uh, we used uh, Malvasia grape. A little sweet white grape. Right, yeah. White grape. It, it turned out great. Sam even came by the other day, and he was <laughs> <Randomly>. like, eyes <laughs> got that big, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> I will help you market this. Yeah. <laughs> Call me. Tell me what you need me to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He's passionate about what he does. Very much For sure. So. Yes. A great guy. He's just fun to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the fooders, we've got a really, we, again, like balance, not over Brett character, things like that. So the fooders, one is funked for sure from a dregzo bottle from yeah. it goes. And we put that into the whole fooder, 20 barrels of it. So shouldn't screw that up, but. Luckily, it was a happy, uh, oops, accident. Yeah. And it turned out to be nice, red, really subtle. Yeah, like typical Four Peaks style. It's just, it's you know. Eminently drinkable. It's, yeah. You're going to get all the sour, all the bread, all the great lacto, but it's not going to take your teeth enamel off. Yeah. You know? just, yeah. yeah. Or be exactly. offensive as a horse yeah. blanket, leathery. As yeah. Our whole motto is we want you to drink multiple pints yeah. of it, so we want you to keep... We've got such it. great respect for not not the Belgian, not only the Belgian, but like Vinny. I mean, the the way that he makes the sours, they're so some are so subtle and nice and just beautiful. And then you can have others that are just a punch in the mouth. Who's that, Vinny? Uh, it's uh, Russian River. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay, I've never had their sours. Oh, it's just amazing. Yeah, and I'm not I, honestly, I'm not a huge sour guy. Yeah, mainly because I've had so many bad ones, but. You and I, Jim and I went in there once and just, we had a flight and we were just like, okay, this is, I get it now. Yeah. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're trying to emulate. That's awesome. Yeah. Drinkable, subtle, just beautiful, sour beers. And then pumpkin porter. I forgot to mention pumpkin porter. (laughs) That one is, uh, that's a, that's a popular beer. It's a beast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's where all my gray hairs come from, yeah. the distribution of that beer <laughs> really? over the years. I mean, it's Why? just going, well, because, you know, when we first started doing Pumpkin Porter, I came on board, like I said, 18 years ago, and we just started doing some small distribution with it. And it was, I wouldn't call it a lottery system, but we'd only brew a certain amount of it and to keep it kind of very special and kind of close to us. And over the years, we started with maybe a, a dozen accounts, and the next year went to two dozen. Before you know it, we had to allocate to 400 accounts that wanted the beer. Oh, and everybody man. would get a certain amount, and, you know, it just it just grew and grew and grew. I think and, you did a podcast with uh, Historic, <laughs> and they were talking about pie hole. Yeah. How everybody loves it, and they yeah. just want to, like, slit their throats. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Damn it. Why did it yeah. have to be that one? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Pumpkin, Pumpkin's great. I mean, we love it. Um, yeah, it's a small time frame where we can kind of window to have success with pumpkin porter but yeah. you know every year it, it always amazes us it, you know the success of the beer you know the the flavor of the beer and you know just how we handle that beast of uh, such a great product best day of the year yeah when it's all gone yeah. <laughs> exactly when it turns into a pumpkin yeah, you know? yeah. but an ex- you know one exciting beer that i don't even think we touched on today andy was enjoying one earlier was our zirical oh, yes. and the zirical yeah, is a great great story Excellent. You know, um, Andy got our youngest brewers together and kind of they all collaborated together from the naming of the beer, the artwork of the beer, all the ingredients that went into this beer. So it was kind of really hard. We went to a a good neighborhood account of ours, Nello's over there in Mesa, and we kind of sat in a side room and, you know, Andy said, Ted... You can't talk at this meeting. Just enjoy your pizza and a uh, pint of beer. And he let still these, did. He yeah, I had, to, I had to say something. But <laughs> why? Why did you not want him to talk? 
look at it. I mean, <laughs> well, you did all he the time. He turns on today. his golden-throated sales guy voice. Yeah. And <laughs> he does. He does have that. It's creepy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 I perk up once in a while. But the Zirical, you know, for us... No, I wanted it to be, yeah. even from that initial meeting, we wanted it to be their project. Okay. So, to back up, we were approached by a great retailer. I guess we can say who it was. You know, we had a, a small format uh, convenience store that came to us, and, you know, we were kind of wanted to, to kind of collaborate and make something that was, um, you know, something a little different outside the box. Andy had a great idea by getting all those young brewers together, like I said well, earlier. Well, I didn't like the idea. They're like, what? What they said was, we want to have your 25 ounce kit lifter is killing it. Yeah. yeah. It would be amazing if you guys could have a 25 ounce IPA next to it on the shelf. And I'm like, Okay, here's the problem. We don't do 25-ounce cans. Um, that's been done at one of the legacy breweries in Fairfield, and they do an amazing job at it. Um, the second thing is, for us to flavor match Hopknot at one of the legacy breweries is going to take a year. And they're like, yeah, so the idea is that you come up with a brand-new IPA, one that you don't have to flavor match, one that's just going to come out and hit the ground running. And I'm like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Made a couple, again, made a couple phone calls to some maybe guys, and they talked me off the ledge, and they're like, just, if you do it, own it. Just own it from top to bottom. And I'm like, yeah, you know what, you're right. So we picked six of our kind of younger to, to middle-aged, not middle-aged, middle-tenured guys at the brewery <laughs> and said, okay, we're handing this over to you. Me and Jim and Melissa, we're not going to touch it. We have nothing to do with this. We want you to come up with the best IPA you can possibly come up with. Here's the kicker. We're not going to make it. It's going to be made as a collaboration with the Fairfield Brewery, the Legacy Brewery in Fairfield. And they were kind of like, you're kidding, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And, and I was thinking, like, they were pissed, but they were, like, genuinely excited. Yeah. Like, we get to make a beer that's going to be brewed at the Fairfield Brewery, this massive brewery. And they're like, yes, 100%. We're on it. I think they had a recipe to us in, like, two days. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but they did everything. Again, 360, the, the, the name, the kind of marketing approach, everything about it, recipe. Um, what's that? Artwork. Everything, yeah. yeah. One of the artwork. brewers, Eric, is a tattoo artist, and he came up with the artwork for it. Um, Tucker came up with the name, which I didn't love at first, I'll be honest with you. Zerical, yeah. it's hard to say. Yeah, it starts um, with an X, not X, a Z. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it made so much sense once he explained it to me. That's the great part about that name is you have to tell the story every time, and the story is that a Zerical is any animal that's adapted to live in a desert like all of us yeah um so we decided or they decided to put the uh, ringtail cat on it which is the the state mammal yeah. um it's just cool I, the, a lot of the little things too they put six rings on it because the six brewers that were involved and they, they had a great time and they did an awesome job with it and the beer yeah. turned out amazing it's a fantastic amazing beer. yeah i mean it's like a fruit salad dank it's awesome i i, I love it and it's seven percent it's it's a creeper. It'll, it'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But they did a great job, and that was that was a great introduction for them to to be a part of the legacy breweries, and a great part for the legacy brewery guys to, to actually work with us too. And they were super excited because they don't ever get to do that stuff. They don't ever get to kind of branch out and make their own beers. Yeah. So they're it, just pumping out like yeah. just the, the recipes. Yeah. yeah. So it it turned out awesome, and the beer's great. I, I love the packaging. I, I I can't be more excited about the whole prospect I, I i love the beer yeah and it's in it's a it's available retail 
this yeah, point, right? Yeah, retail right now, it's a uh, draft. So we do draft um, half barrel, six barrels, and yeah. we also do 25-ounce cans. And then for next year, we're looking to put in the six-pack bottle. So, oh, you know, nice. that's going to be a great story. Right now, for us, it came out in mid-March. And as far as month to date, it's already our, our number four selling brand. Yeah. So it's number four wow. for us, which is huge. So obviously, Four Peaks always put out a great pale ales and IPAs, and this is just another great IPA that we're putting out from Four Peaks Brewing Company by some of our younger brewers that collaborated well with uh, the opportunities that we had with our partnership. I might even argue to say that they sell it better than you do. I'd probably say I won't argue with you <laughs> on that one. So. They don't have that voice, though. Like, I know, that's, right? that's, yeah. that's the golden ticket right God, there. Yeah. I want to go buy beer now. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, you can buy it from awesome. Tucker, though. I know. Yeah. Tucker? Yeah. He's, he's a great salesman it. and a great brewer. So he's one of your, one of your guys' brewers here? Yeah, yeah. he's one of the six. Yeah, excellent, man. I think we hit everything. Well, not everything. There's so much more yeah. we, could, we could cover. But um, Well, what, uh, what do you think of the industry? What do you what, what, what are you, what's your vision? What's next for, for everything else? So, I mean, our whole goal is to really to, I mean, you see places like, you know, Denver, San Diego, Portland that are these like crappier destinations. Uh, we feel like Arizona has that. It has that potential to be a place where people come from out of state just to come to the, to the breweries, right? I think it's tough because things are so spread out. Um, but when I went to Denver, it wasn't, and it wasn't like everything wasn't great. Next, you could go to a couple places where there was a couple, you know, you could go to three places. Then you'd have to Uber to the next little group of places, right? So, um, yeah, our goal is to just create content and, and create uh, media to help attract really the fringe people. Like, that's that's who we we want to target our, you know, the, the beer um, enthusiasts know about every place right it's the fringe people that don't so our our goal is to help uh help bring the fringe in with this book that we're working on uh with the podcast with you know another brand we're looking to launch soon um is we want people to understand how awesome of craft we have here whether it's beer whiskey wine coffee and you you don't need to geek out about it right right everyone can enjoy it yeah Yeah. exactly i think people just get too fussy and worked up about it's like dude it's beer. We're drinking beer. Like, yeah, a lot of times is, it, it, I feel like it's been hijacked. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's interesting because two and a half years when I started this, um, it was I. I don't know. I, I your your view of things completely changed, sure. as, especially as you get kind of embedded into the industry. Yeah. Um, but just every. It's just dude. People doing what they love. That's 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 what it's all about for me because that's what I do at yeah. this point. You know? It's so. funny. You're seeing like a couple referees out there, guys like, you know, worst beer blog and, and yeah. don't drink beers and yeah. that are kind of poking fun at the people that are taking it a little too seriously. Yeah. yeah. That's refreshing. It is. It's crazy that there's a whole culture behind this now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like and a subculture. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what, I, that's what's in the, in the forefront for us is to, is to really just kind of help in, we're all about Arizona too, um, so you know, yeah. Ideally, we'd like to launch something in you know in Denver, San Diego, way way down the road. But our idea of expanding is out you know outside of beer and into food and into coffee and into wine, all within Arizona. Great, we got some great stuff going. I mean, you got the, the State Forty Eight shirt on, yeah. right? Like yeah. these, there's a lot of pride right now in Arizona, um, and I think it's great. I think it's I think it's awesome. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's really cool too because. We have a certain style, different yeast strains, different. So 
even though there's over 100 breweries, there's something for everybody that someone else isn't making that we are making that. So you can go to any brewery and find so many varieties of beers and beer styles and crazy stuff. And so, but just it's just but just make good beer. Yeah, it, you we'll know, make good just, beers, yeah. but don't make Maybe. shit and right. <laughs> tell people it's good. Yeah, right, right. Something for everybody. Yeah. Well, Right. But it was shit that was aged in this barrel for a year. Well, yeah, you know, that's, a year old. Club. That's not the end all be all. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> Still shit. How does it taste? Still shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, guys, I, I appreciate this. Really love what you guys are doing. Um, and um, yeah, keep thanks up. for having us. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, yeah. great. Thank time. you very much, man. Yeah. You're welcome. When can we do part two? I don't know. Tomorrow, what are you guys playing? Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do a whole series with this. Yeah, you can go on the pub crawl with us yeah. tomorrow. Let's yeah. go on the pub crawl. Marketing and brewers together. Where are you crawling? Starting at Freezers. Going to... Time Out Loud. Time Out Loud. Monkey Pants. Enjoy it. Yucca. Wow. Get to... Good old yucky. Yeah. Yucky. Yucky. Get some of the youngins down there. Yuck it up. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, we're kind of just kind of going south of uh, the brewery area. Kind of yeah. seeing some old haunts and some... Yeah. Uh, you some know, good. Mill Avenue is always very busy. This, that side of Mill Avenue area, kind of some good you know, old Tempe haunts. Good neighborhood yeah. spots. Yeah, team builder, basically Definitely. team builder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Man. Bring your awesome. guard, you know, your dart game, your shuffleboard game, yeah. and split off into groups and yeah. have at it. Nice, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be hot. Yeah, yeah. probably experience. <laughs> experience. Yes, yes. All right, so I'll end it there, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We are part of the Hopped Up Network, so that's hoppedupnetwork.com. It is a network of independent craft beer podcasts. Go check them out. Find another great craft beer podcast at hoppedupnetwork.com. Continue spreading the word. Appreciate what you guys do. Um, at this point, you guys will probably listen to this after Real Wild and Woody, so everybody, I hope you've recovered by this time. Um, if you're listening to it the day it's released, it's about four days ago, so I hope hope that you recovered by now but uh keep spreading the word about arizona beer uh tell your friends about arizona beer reviews on itunes really helps out the podcast too. help to you know feed my ego and uh get us up there in the rate uh, <laughs> the ratings uh tell a friend to check out the show share on your social media whatever it is part of the tap that az tribe i guess you could say spread the word so what I always say at this point, I think you guys know, is um, stay awesome.